Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Different voice to get you going today here on the Bungie and Brester Show on SENSA. 1692, if you're listening to us on the app today. Good morning to you as well. It's all thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. You can visit uh, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Our uh, guests are scattered across the country today, but there is a man in the studio alongside of me. It's this man. From Ma. Yes. Big shot by Brett Ma. Such a big studio, Brett, for, uh, well, only the two of us today. Yeah, a lot more room, isn't there, Jase? Uh, we've not got Bungie or JC in here. Of course, John Casey is over in Sydney uh, commentating on the Women's Basketball World Cup and doing a great job. He called the uh, win against Marley uh, the other day, and uh, yeah, they're looking quite good. We'll talk about the basketball a little bit later in the show. And, and Bungie, of course, is invited over as a special guest uh, at the AFL. He was chairing the Norm Smith Medal count, so uh, did a very good job. I think he probably was let off the hook there a little bit. Pretty easy decision in the end, uh, I think, for the Norm Smith medal in giving Isaac Smith that. But uh, we're going to unpack all of the AFL, AFLW, talk about the basketball, EPL. We've got lots of guests. Uh, we've got Jared Walsh coming on uh, shortly as well, and we're going to talk to him about uh, the basketball and the soccer. Um, so, yeah, really excited uh, to be in here uh, on our lonesomes and uh, without the two big guns, but we will be crossing to both of those throughout the show and, and getting some uh, comments from both of them. And uh, I guess to kick off the show, uh, there's been some huge news around the world in sport and not much bigger than Roger Federer um, having his retirement. And we've got a little clip for us. You've really done so much, and so much of it has happened, and it's beautiful that it's happened with guys that are on the bench with you here. How special is it to have not just Rafa, Andy and Novak, you guys have all been so important to the sport, and for this special night for you, they're here with you wearing the same uniform. That's got to be pretty sweet. It is amazing. It really is. Uh, to be saying goodbye in a team, I always felt I was a team player at heart. Singles doesn't really do that a whole lot, but I've had a team um, you know, that traveled with me for around the world. It's been amazing with them, so thanks to, to everybody who made it work for so many years. And then, of course, being on the team with Andy, Thomas, Novak, Matteo, Cam, Stefanos, Rafa, and Casper, uh, um, and also the, all the other teams. You guys are unbelievable. It's been a pleasure. Um, and, it, and it does feel like a celebration to me. I wanted to feel like this at the end, and it's exactly what I hope for. So thank you. What an absolute legend of the game. Not enough can be said about the man and his contributions to tennis. He's been an idol for so many young people coming through, someone to look up to. He always speaks so well as well. When you, he gets interviewed, he always knows the right thing to say. He helps out with so many charities and just watching that fluent, single-handed backhand uh, when everyone else, we talked about this last week, when everyone else has been going to the 
power, two-handed backhands. Uh, his just looked so smooth and effortless and the powerful forehand. He was just a, a joy to watch. Graceful um, as he flowed across the court. Um, I love the way you guys described Federer last week, but off the court, I think, is where we're going to miss him the most. Uh, you just heard the way he spoke then um, in after his last match. So his last match was in the Labor Cup playing for Team Europe alongside Rafael Nadal. They had a match point. They went down in three sets um, to the American pairing. I think Sock was involved in that. Not sure who beat them in the end. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. When you've got Roger Federer sat next to Rafael Nadal on the side of the court, and they're both in tears. Uh, it's like watching Bambi cry. <laughs> and they've done a lot together, uh, as well as, obviously, against each other. Those battles with those two and, and Djokovic, I think, are going to be really sorely missed. The two big guns are still left, and uh, we touched on this as well last week, that it is a really good opportunity for some of the young up-and-coming players to come out of the shadows of the three giants and really step into the limelight and have a chance of winning uh, some majors now that he's gone. So that, um, for me, is it's a sad moment in sport, but also a really big opportunity for the youth coming through. Should mention, though, Team World, uh, captained by both the Max, John McEnroe and his brother Patrick, Alex Dimonor is in that team. And um, that match, actually, uh, with Team World winning, uh, two all it was at last count. So... That match, uh, that match up will continue on. Although Roger has played his last match on tour, a um, bit of cricket uh, around the world as well too. Brett, that we should talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about an incredible game of cricket here at home between uh, a couple of the best women's teams in the country in a minute. But the Australian T20 team is in India at the moment as its preparations for the T20 World Cup continue on. That's a three-match series tied at. One all, and uh, game one went to the Aussies, game two went to India. Yes, yeah, some really good hitting there as well. India was six for 208 in that first game, and Australia chased it down six for 211 off of the back of some really good hits. Uh, Cameron Green was 61 off 30, and Matty Wade has been exceptional in both games. He was 45 off 21. Nathan Ellis with the ball, three for 30, was exceptional in that First game, and in game two, it was unfortunately rain short, which really makes it a bit of a jackpot for my my. It's already yeah. only twenty overs, and then gets cut down to eight overs each. Australia uh, were five of ninety. Matty Wade uh, smashed out of the park again, forty three off of twenty. But uh, India, with four balls to spare, were able to chase us down. Unfortunately, Rahid Sharma forty six off of twenty, and uh, also had a cracking inning. So. Um, not bad for the Aussies. Some really good signs there. And, uh, yeah, Matty Wade uh, was probably the highlight for me. Absolutely. Game three tonight. We should remember, too, in this series, the Aussies have got uh, some pretty handy players at home. Stoinis didn't go. Uh, neither did Mitchell Stark. Mm. Uh, he's having a rest ahead of the World Cup. So uh, our bowling stocks will improve on home soil. Uh, beating India in India is a tough task at, at any level, at, mm. any, uh, at any time of year. But particularly now where... Um, there's a little bit of a changing of the guard in T20 cricket in India. Yep. Um, and uh, we saw Hardik Pandya just absolutely destroy the Aussies with the bat. So keep an eye out for him come uh, the flat decks in Australia during the World Cup. I think he's going to go big. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that we have to leave. I guess we have to give players a break. The, the, mm. We've talked about how busy that schedule is for uh, especially the men's. 
that are playing in all forms of the game. They have to have a rest at some point. And unfortunately, when you can't field your best team every time, you're going to take a couple of losses as well. But you, you touched on the women's cricket, the WNCL, and there's been also some really big innings there. South Australia took on Victoria in an absolute cracker of a game. Talia McGrath was absolutely fantastic. We were talking before the show about how she should possibly be the next captain she for could the be. Australian women's team. They are looking for one. She's very, very good. She hit 111 of 111 balls not out, which incorporated seven fours and four sixes in that win. And uh, I guess... For Victoria, they also had a couple of good ones. Elise Perry, who's an absolute superstar, she uh, hit 117. And Annabelle Sutherland was another one that cracked the 100 for Victoria. But uh, Victoria were two for 264, and SA chased that down with three balls to spare. They did, and it was on the back of Tali McGrath. Three sixes on the trot. Going into the last over, to start the last over, SA needed 15 to win, Bredster. And then this happened. T-Mac. Here we go. Ball one of the last over. Swung back. Six bits. Fetch it from over the fence. That is huge from McGrath. Go back and get it again. TK, that is special. McGrath. A magnificent hundred subdued. Job to do. But that is a special, special start to this low over. Back-to-back sixes. This is exciting cricket right here at Karen Rolton Oval. She's gone Don't again. It's going to be another six to finish off the game here. What an absolute belter. Talia McGrath, three sixes in a row. One to bring up her hundred. One to finish off the game with three balls remaining. How's that for a last over? What a, a way to finish. In a great game. Whack, whack, <laughs> whack. Three over the fence, into the car park. You wouldn't want to be parked too close to the oval at that one because she was absolutely creaming the middle of the bat. Same spot at Karen Rolton Oval, and they're going again today, by the way. So if you're in Adelaide uh, and you're driving past Karen Rolton Oval, call in. Uh, probably don't park the car there, I would advise. <laughs> park at the Entertainment Centre, catch the tram across. <laughs> she might be hitting it into the Entertainment Centre the way she's going, but uh, that'll be another cracking game of cricket between those two. I think they'll be there when the whips are cracking. The Queensland is going well in that competition as well. Uh, Australia not so good in the Rugby Union, unfortunately. We copped an absolute belting at Eden Park, 40-14, to 14, never in it, uh, the Wallabies. And that's, uh, that's a graveyard for us, really, isn't it, that place? Well, it is. After the excitement of last week's game, where it was so close, um, I really hoped that Australia would really take it up. And I think all of us hoped that, that we would take it up to them over there. It's always going to be a tough ask. As uh, John Casey mentioned last week, we still, the way the rules are written, couldn't have won the Bledisloe Cup, even if we'd no. beaten them. But... Uh, we would have liked a good showing. 40 to 14, we went down. And a little bit of controversy. They're saying that we could have possibly scored the very first own try ever. Uh, they were saying that uh, Australia and New Zealand touched the ball at the same time behind the try line. They, they called it the try and that it was potentially the first own try, which for me, I mean... Uh, it didn't really impact on the end result, but uh, added a little bit of controversy to the game as well. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Wallabies just, when it comes to the Kiwis in New Zealand, the All Blacks, they're, uh, they're just too good. Um, and regardless of how much controversy is floating around in that camp at the moment, 
uh, when the World Cup comes around, they will be the ones to beat. You make no mistake about that. Uh, it is the Bungie and Bretster show. And Bretster, uh, we've got a, a guest coming up in a moment. We have. We're going to be speaking to Jared Walsh after the break. And of course, um, the Bungie and Bretster show is proudly brought to you by Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles at the parade. Know what? If you need trading cards, it's the place to go. We'll see you after the break. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, it is. With Joss Bretster in the uh, studio today, alongside Jason Regan, filling in for John Casey, who is away looking after uh, basketball commitments in Sydney, but of course, the Bungie and Bradster show proudly brought to you by the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. We're going to talk some basketball now with uh, Bretster and a special guest that we have on the line, Bretster. Yes, Jared Walsh. Walshy, how are you going? Good morning, you absolute <laughs> legend, Margie. How are you, my friend? Great to be on um, Australia's number one radio show on a Sunday morning on SEN. So thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Great that you could join us. And uh, you've been pretty busy, a man about town. I do keep up with your socials. Of course, you're doing some great stuff out there with your your uh, talking. Uh, <laughs> here I go. I can't even put two words together. <laughs> yeah, what it's a got to learn to talk good. Is it something along those lines, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, um, I've I've had a, a good journey in radio and the media for um, on going on two decades. It makes me feel old saying that, but. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that um, I, the philosophy that I kind of have and the process that I follow is really similar to everybody else, whether it's hosting a crowd of 100,000 people at the MCG or to, you know, speaking with yourself right now. Um, I, I follow the same process and still experience nerves and anxiety. Um, and I wanted to share that with everybody. So my, my business is called Speak Good and um I put on workshops, whether it's with um, sporting clubs or businesses around South Australia or around the country, to be able to help them learn the art of communication and connection. Because ultimately, we've lost that art over the past couple of years. We've been speaking um, via a screen. So pretty much to help people understand leadership and how to communicate effectively, especially in crisis. Because I feel that communication has really shifted over the past couple of years and um, Obviously, people um, in leadership positions have had to reinvent themselves and evolve. So um, if I can help use some of the knowledge and experience that I have had to allow people to, to find a little bit about their own identity and how they communicate, that's, um, and my job is done, I just help connect the dots. Everyone's got the ability to communicate just as long as I can help assist. And it's such a fear of so many people to get up and talk in front of people. So it is a, a huge skill to be able to acquire and get better at. And uh, you do it a lot in front of big crowds, as you mentioned. Uh, you are there at the basketball, and we're going to get onto that in a second. Also at the soccer, which we'll talk about with you, and, and nearly every other sport you're down there uh, hosting it in front of thousands and thousands of people and let's talk about the basketball for a second have you been keeping track of the 36ers in the off season up at the blitz i have and i'm i'm genuinely really excited about this season marzi and i'm, I'm glad that i'm speaking with you about it because for me this is one of the most exciting pre-seasons i think the adelaide 36ers have had and that's for a couple of reasons because if you think this time last year 
we did the exact same thing down in Tasmania and we, we got the job done and we won the Blitz, but then the season kind of imploded. Um, but this season, moving into our first home match on the 13th of October against the grand finalists in the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, I really feel that this is probably the most control that we have had in regards to a squad. So um, I guess head coach CJ Bruton last season inherited a bit of a squad and now he's had the ability to really handpick who he would like to lead. The players that remain on the squad have obviously had a year to learn how they gel amongst one another, but the players we've brought in as well um, not only have experience, but I think this is the key. The imports that we have brought in, two out of the three, have experience already in the league. So they don't come into the league with a chip on their shoulder. They come into the league knowing what what it takes and knowing how to play Australian basketball, which... I think he's going to be a really big advantage. Is that something that you would probably agree with too? Having that experience, like we think about Cleveland, who, um, you know, Defensive Player of the Year last year at Illawarra, and then Robert Franks played under CJ or alongside CJ when he was in the coaching staff in Brisbane. So there's actually a bit of familiarity, which means there's not going to be a couple of games to take them to really find out how the system works. 100% 100% agree. Um, it's always a bit of a jackpot with the imports. You don't know. They might be great players, but they might not be able to adjust to the style of play out here. And we already know that two of those guys certainly have. And Robert Franks was great, especially in game three up in the Blitz. Uh, it was his first game where he played over 15 minutes. He played uh, 26-56 and had 30 points. He was on fire. And for me in that game was the game that got us over the line to win the Blitz up there. We went 3-0. and uh, Brisbane had to beat Melbourne in the last game of the Blitz to knock us off there and win every quarter to do that. But he uh, he showed some really good signs and the team showed some really good signs being able to fight back from behind a very good Illawarra team and uh, and do that without Antonius Cleveland. I know they were minus one of their imports as well, but some really good signs there as well defensively, uh, what we're going to be able to accomplish this year. And I want to see them. Uh, what are your thoughts about the American trip? They're about to head off pretty soon. They've got a family day down at the Big Shed today where the players will be presented their singlets. So if anyone wants to go down there and meet the players, they can today. That starts uh, at about 10 o'clock. And uh, yeah, that trip to America. They're going to be playing against Phoenix and OKC. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's going to, it's, it's going to be really good. A good opportunity for the players and the staff to, to go over and experience it. I just hope it's not a distraction. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the lead up to the season, if we look now, it's, you know, 25th of September now, we're a couple of weeks away from our first home game at the Entertainment Centre. Um, so I feel that uh, any kind of experience against um, an NBA-caliber side that are preparing in their preseason as well is going to be great for the players. And obviously, they will go in hard. They will want to um, not just match it with the likes of OKC and Phoenix, but they'll, they'll want to win. There's obviously that connection with um, Australia's Josh Giddy, who played at the Adelaide 36ers. So that's going to be quite competitive. We've already seen a bit of banter between Sunday Getch and Josh Giddy. Hopefully, um, they approach it in the way that we just need to get minutes into our players to get back to Australia. Um, because a- as we know, we as Adelaide 36ers supporters, and it's going to be great. I'm going to head to Big Shed today for the jersey presentation. We need to have a successful Adelaide 36ers continually. And I think we've been starved of success over the past couple of seasons. And this is now... Uh, I believe the the year in which we can really have an impact on not just the playoffs, 
but also really fight for a championship. If you look at the teams around the Adelaide 36ers this season, if you look at the Sydney Kings, you know, they lost a couple of their key players. Melbourne United, exactly the same. Um, the Jack Jumpers, we, we seem to be one of the sides alongside Brisbane who's really bolstered our squad with names that we know can perform. So there is a lot of expectation, but I feel it's warranted. So let's hope we go over to America, do what we need to do. And also, it's a really good opportunity to promote the NBL. Like, this is a really good time to continue that relationship. There's so many Australian players playing in the NBA now. So to be able to showcase some of the talent that we have, um, I think it's a tick just as long as it doesn't impact, you know, the real season when we get back for the 13th. I agree. What about, uh, before we let you go, we've got to go to a break in a second, but the Socceroos, you've been up there with the Socceroos. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on the team and how they performed? Well, it's a tough one, Marzi, because I, I love the Socceroos. Um, <laughs> it was great in Brisbane the other night, 25,000. But, um, you know, for full disclosure, we're, we were playing against a New Zealand side who were ranked in the hundreds. And they came out really, really competitive in that first 10 minutes. And ultimately, um, that squad that we saw on Thursday is basically the squad that is going to go to the World Cup in November, give or take a couple of players. So there are moments, if you look at the group that we have, including France, the, the reigning world champions, um, it's going to be a challenge. And what's happened now is that there's game two today of the friendly series over in New Zealand. There's seven players who have already gone home. So Graham Arnold, the coach, has said there are going to be a few debutants, including um, former Adelaide United player Ryan Strain will make his Socceroos debut. But this is the last time that they will play an international match before heading into camp before the World Cup. So it's not the most ideal preparation. Um, there are certainly nerves. It's always good to make a World Cup. But once again, you want to have impact as an Australian side. So I, I don't think that they performed incredibly well on Thursday night to give us a lot of confidence going into the World Cup in Qatar. They need to get things right. There's a young player from the Central Coast Mariners, Garan Quoll, who... The whole, you know, Football Australia is speaking about, but he hasn't started a game before. So there's a lot of expectation placed on, on these young players. We just hope that, as you know, anything can happen in football. Um, one decision going one way or the other can result in a goal. Let's just hope our, it goes our way today and we see some excitement to, um, to put a bit of pressure back on the other squad members heading into camp in November. Thanks, Wash. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the World Cup. I, I think it's it's always good for soccer. You see the numbers in soccer really blossom after a World Cup, especially if we do well and put on some good performances. I think there's a few, as you mentioned, a few of the players there that we really hope can step up with not a heap of experience, but really looking forward to seeing how they go. And, and as you said, it, with a lot of our teams, our build-up is never ideal when you've got players all mm. over the over the world trying to bring them together. But really like your insight on that. We're going to have to go to a break now. So thank you very much for coming on the show. We want to get you back next week when the other two fellas are in here as well. And JC and Bungie can put you under the pump. So we hope you can come back next week and join us. No, no worries at all. Shout out to Dylan and the team at Australian Motors Mitsubishi as well. Always taking care of you guys and um, great people there as well with the new showroom um, at Wavell. So go and check them out. They're supporting basketball and the Adelaide Lightning too, which is amazing. So thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Walshie. Jared Walsh there uh, and joining us here on Bungie and Brett Stur on SEN.
SA. Listen to us crystal clear live on the app as well. Get involved as well if you're listening, wherever you're listening across uh, our uh, family today. 0427-154-166 is the text line. Or you can ring in and have a chat to Brentster as well. Make him feel welcome. <laughs> and uh, we're a bit lonely today here in the studio, the two of us. So give us a call, one three hundred. Uh, 736 736. Coming up, we're going to talk soccer, but we've got the news next here on the Bungie and Breadster Show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Breadster Show. It is the Bungie and Breadster Show here at Studio Lumo. Number one, King William Street. And uh, we've got some wonderful Nippies products today for, uh, well, Bredster and myself. We're the only <laughs> two in here. Uh, but I noticed you just sneak across the desk before, uh, Bredster. Now, we've, we've got a, an orange mango in front of us and uh, an apple juice as well from our good friends at Nippies. Quench your thirst this summer with the Nippies ice flavour milk. We had them last week or a fresh juice. You obviously taken a bit of a shine, Bredster, <laughs> to the orange and mango. I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. Going down very well this morning. And, uh, yeah, last week really enjoyed the uh, the coffee and the iced chocolate. But, uh, yeah, this week we're on to the juices. And, yeah, big fave of mine is the orange and mango. So thank you to the guys down at, uh, at Nippies. And we're going to get into talking EPL at the moment. Of course, the guys uh, are on a bit of a break over there with uh, things going on in the Royal Household. But uh, Arsenal played. This is going back a week or so now. Arsenal had a good win against Brentford, 3-0. to nil, And Everton had a good win against West Ham, 1-0. Uh, Chelsea-Liverpool was postponed. Man U and Leeds United, which uh, I was looking forward to that game, yeah. uh, has been postponed as well. So uh, that's going to reignite on the 1st of October. We'll get some more games up and going in the EPL. So just to keep you across that. Now, as far as the women's uh, EPL, the Super League is going, there's been some games there. Arsenal women are sitting top of the table. They've had two wins out of two attempts, which is uh, good. Man United are 1-0 and with three points uh, sitting second. Aston Villa are also 1-0. and Liverpool women are 1-0. and and so West Ham and Tottenham Hotspurs are 1-1. One and one, and then uh, the rest of the teams are sitting on 0-1 at the moment. So they've all started off. Uh, we're starting to, uh, I guess, get a little bit of a look at the teams. Arsenal, Man U are looking very good and uh, would be expected to be up there at the end of the year. So with the EPL itself, uh, Arsenal's been the story of the year to start with. Um, but, I mean, they're topping the table in both the men's and the women's at the moment. Obviously, the women's only very early days. But Sam Kerr in the women's side of things, she started, as you would expect, brilliantly again. Um, she is an absolute star. We know that. But um, she's started particularly well. Looks like a woman on a mission. She's a gun, isn't she? Every yeah. every time she puts on the green and gold, she just elevates her game. And so much focus is put on her in the green and gold as well. It's like she can kind of go back and relax at club level, but she is still an absolute superstar doing some really good things there as well, which is good to see. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some controversy in uh, the Premier League already, obviously before the break. Uh, coaches sacked after a couple of games, and that's what tends to happen uh, in the EPL. If you don't get a good start over there, there's so much money up for grabs, that, and they've got so many uh, supporters and members that have their say. I mean, we think... 
the members here in the AFL have plenty to say. Whoa, you want to get over there and <laughs> yeah, uh, have a... <laughs> times are by three. Imagine the pressure of being a manager at, say, Man U, uh, one of those really big clubs. It would be ridiculous. You can see why. Incredible. Uh, not many last a real long time in, in that and do shop around and, and get moved around a lot. Uh, the big superstars have a lot to say in that league, as in any league, where they're getting paid Big, big money. Uh, guys like Ronaldo and that have a lot of pulls. So, yeah, tough, tough uh, job to do, but that's why they get paid the big bucks. It is. Uh, Newcastle had a very disappointing season last year. And, look, um, given the amount of money that's thrown into this club, um, one win and five draws so far. Wow. And the, the natives are restless there. Uh, this is a club that traditionally their supporter base like results. They will take a loss over a draw, yep. uh, these guys, if you're having a crack to win. so. <laughs> uh, but that's not what the new ownership's all about. The new ownership's all about securing their spot in the Premier League for years to come and making gazillions off of, uh, off of the rights. So um, I'm not sure that the ownership here and the membership align. And when that happens, uh, you get all kinds of stuff going wrong over there in the Premier League. You get protests. We've seen that before. And... Uh, they, they vote with their feet sometimes. And a few flares too, normally. <laughs> let's come back on Australian soil yeah. now. Let's talk rugby league because they're, of course, uh, right at the pointy end of their season as well. North Queensland came up against a, a raging Parramatta. Uh, that was a great game. Parramatta won 24-20. Uh, that was on Friday. Uh, yesterday, South Sydney came up against Penrith and Penrith were too good, probably as expected in that one, I think. 32-13 Penrith winners. So next week in the in the grand final, Parramatta will be coming up against Penrith and uh, that should be a really cracker game. Two sides in, in really good form um, coming up against each other. So we look forward to that one. Yeah, watched uh, the uh, preliminary final last night, the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. I'm a Bunnies fan. Yep. Uh, got very excited about 30 <laughs> minutes in. We were 12-0 up, and then uh, Penrith reeled off two tries just before half time to level things up at the break, and then the Bunnies never fired a shot after half time. So um, I think the uh, the Panthers had their first three tries disallowed. Yeah, um, it's, that it, hurts, doesn't Too it? many technical penalties sometimes uh, in the NRL, but in the end, it doesn't matter. The Panthers uh, got the job done. They've been top of the pops all year, and they will go in almost unbackable favourites against the Eels in the grand final, who were probably just happy to be there. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to not only the, the action on the field, but also um, what goes on off the field before the game, halftime. And we're going to talk about the AFL and the entertainment that was put on, but rugby just do it right. They do such a great job of their pre-game, their middle of the game, their post-game off the field. And um, I'm going to be interested to get Bungie's uh, thoughts on, on the entertainment uh, yesterday, also the parade before uh, on the water. There's been some interesting comments come out about that. So we're going to talk about that uh, soon. We're going to get John Casey on the line. We're going to go to a break now and uh, get John Casey on the line to get his thoughts on the Opals and a lot, lot more after this break. Of course, the Bungie and Bretster show is brought to you by Lorinex Cleaning, securing workplace safety, Google them today. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Jason Regan with you in the hot seat today, which has been vacated by John Casey, who is a man in demand of the Bungie and Bretster Show. 
proudly brought to you by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Uh, visit Wayville, their uh, new showroom down there. Have you been down there, Bradster? I uh, haven't since they've oh, they've only just opened they up the, the new showroom. I'm really keen to get down there. I have an Outlander myself, and it's a brilliant car. I love it. Uh, the seven-seater, fold the seats down, pack heaps in there, and it drives like a dream. It's a very good car. So I'm looking forward to getting down and seeing Dylan and the rest of the team down there because I'm sure that new showroom is going to be spectacular. Absolutely, it will be. And uh, Bradster's too busy at the moment just scoffing into the Nippy's <laughs> uh, orange and mango juice, which our next guest, John Casey, the man who's normally in this chair, is missing out on today. John, how are you, mate? We can't hear John at the moment. I'll, we'll, bring, uh, I'll bring John in and again in a tick. <laughs> we'll bring him in in a sec. <laughs> but we are going to speak to John Casey. He is over calling the uh, Women's World Cup, the Opals, at the moment. So we're going to talk to him about that. And he's also, as being up in Sydney, he will know a lot about the uh, rugby, the feel that's going on around the town as well. But uh, that Opals game. Yeah, talk about the uh, the first game with the Opals. I'll see if I can get John on the line. But just walk us through that game against, uh, was it Malawi? Uh, the first game was against France. France, We, we right, dropped yeah. the first game. Never good to drop the first game of World Cup, but it does... You do still, you're not out of the competition. And they came up against the red hot France, uh, playing against um, the home nation is always hard, but they came out of the blocks really well, really fast. And that was led by, I think, two players in particular. They've got a young guard, uh, Marine Fortho, number four for France, who was exceptional in setting up the play. She had 10 points as well. They've had uh, injury riddled. Um, guard backcourt and she got to step up into that spot and did an awesome job but Gabby Williams was spectacular she uh, had 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting and was great for me the Australians they just never got settled the defensive pressure of France was way too good we didn't really have any highlights Beck Allen led the scoring Uh, she had 16 but we shot the ball at 21% from three-point line, five of 23. And from the field, we were 26%, 18 of 69. That's terrible. You're not going to win any games. We had 17 turnovers. We did do a really good job on the boards. I was happy with that. Our defense, for the most part, was pretty good. Um, But a, a lot of players in there needed to have a good hard look at themselves off the back of that game coming into the Marley game. And we'll talk about that, I think. Have we got John on the line? I think line? he's on the line now, John. How are you, mate? Yeah, right there with you guys. So I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Brett. Uh, but mitigating circumstances, I will say, for that opening game against France, because uh, working here with ESPN, we have Jenna O'Hay, who's just retired as captain of the team, and Michelle Timms, who is a Hall of Famer here in basketball, and Kelsey Griffin, who was a Commonwealth Games gold medalist with the Opals as well, along with Jenny Screen, who, of course, was part of our 06 uh, World Cup gold medal winning team. She's the world champion. So we're getting great intel and insights from the team. And the message that came across ahead of that game against France were that most of the girls, in fact, all the team were very nervous about the scenario. And they had to wait until 8.30 on day one, the last game of the day. So they had the whole day to sit there and think about it. And I think that's something maybe we can discuss about an NRL night final against the AFL day grand final because they were nervous and they didn't perform. And you're right, Marcy. Look, they hit two field goals in the second quarter 
and three in the last. So five field goals for a half of a game just isn't going to get it done. And they shot the ball poorly. They were very nervous. And look, they don't have a point guard. That's the main issue. And we addressed that and identified that. And so did they ahead of the tournament. So they're trying to make Sammy Whitcomb the point guard. And when that doesn't work, they try and make um, you know, Tess Madgen the point guard. And, and Christy Wallace. Work, I Christy thought, Wallace yeah, the point Christy guard. Wallace. And, yeah, so the three of them are sharing that duty, but none of those three are a point guard, and you'll understand that better than anyone, Marcy. Yeah, look, for me, uh, Case, their defence was okay in that game. Their offence yep. was the thing that broke down, and, and they've, they're running a one for high set. Um, for me, they've gone with a tall lineup, and they're bringing their bigs up high. They're not getting them down low. I would prefer to see them start a one-four low, swing the wings, get the ball to the wings, kick it down low, run off the low post a little bit more. If that's not open, then they've got more room to bring those bigs high instead of one or two steps to get open. That's a really hard pass for inexperienced point guards, which is what they're dealing with. If they start low, they've got six or seven steps to get themselves open and make that a much easier first entry into the offense and then run off of that high if they want to run the high. But for me, it's just really disjointed um, and they're not getting many easy buckets as well against teams like Serbia that they're going to play tonight are going to be high on pressure like the France game. They need to make things easy for themselves. Yeah, I couldn't agree. You're getting a little bit technical there for me and probably <laughs> others as well, Marty, this and that. But the thing was, they couldn't get the ball over the halfway line. And when they did, the acting point guard, because we don't have a point guard, the acting point guard just was happy to get it over the halfway line and then get it across to someone else. So they couldn't get any sort of action close to the basket. But against Mali, and they started, uh, as you say, in that second game, started slowly. They Mali scored the first six points. We were down 10-2 after three minutes, and Sandy Brondello called timeout. But she called timeout, and she put Mariana Tolo in, and she put Lauren Jackson in, and that changed the dynamic completely, and they were able to get some dominance down low. Now, that's going to be the key uh, uh, that you're talking about, is against Serbia today, this is a crucial game. It's pivotal in terms of their chances of going through to the medal rounds for the Australians. But they need to be able to get on the front foot and get the ball down low, because Serbia are going to be all over them. There's a history between these teams. They don't like one another. I think this is probably, at the moment, Australia's most fierce rival for the Opals. And I'm not going to be surprised if there's a little bit of niggle and push and shove in this one. If it gets out of hand, be watching ESPN is where you'll see it. It's on KO Freebie, so you can watch it for free, but by ESPN. But, uh, yeah, it could be on today, I reckon, uh, in this game from 6 o'clock Sydney time, 5.30 Adelaide time against Serbia. Because both teams are going to be aware. They're both one and one Whoever wins this game probably is going through. Whoever loses this game, well, they might have to face off against the USA in the quarterfinals. Um, I was really impressed with Tolo. Her energy uh, really helped change the game. The other one that everyone's talking about is Lauren Jackson, how she was going to play, how they were going to use her. They used her for eight minutes, but jeepers, she was good, wasn't she? She had eight points, and as you said, those two helped turn the tide, swing it back around, and you look at the offensive stats in this game, of course, there was nowhere near as much pressure. The girls were a lot more open, but they shot the ball 55% from the three-point line and 55% from the field. Um, Exceptional numbers, but look good, and hopefully um, that's going to give them a bit of a boost and confidence going into this game tonight. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. That confidence will be up because they did shoot the ball so well. They had seven players who hit a three in that game against Mali. And you're right, certainly the defence intensity wasn't there like it was in the first game. They're going to get that today against Serbia. And I think I mentioned when we previewed this tournament last week, I said that Lauren Jackson was going to be an X-factor, wouldn't play big minutes, but she would turn a game. And she's certainly turned that game against Mali in tandem with Mariana Tolo. Uh, They just changed the dynamic straight away. And there's a lot of talk about whether the Australians should change their starting lineup and maybe get Tolo into the lineup. She's been so good. And I'm not against that. Um, But as you know, Brett, coaches are reluctant to change their starting five. I know Joey Wright, 36's mentor, he used to say to me when I'd ask, oh, you're going to change your five, things aren't going your way. He said, mate, it's not about who starts the game, it's about who finishes the game. But some players who are in the starting five, you take them out, I don't want to say they sulk, but their confidence can be sort of hurt a little bit. But Serbia, believe this or not, they've played two games, Serbia. They've used nine starters. Just wow. one player has started both games. China's started has changed their starting lineup. The USA have changed their starting lineup. I think in a tournament play like this where the winner is going to win eight games in ten days, you have to be open to changing that starting lineup and the players have to be open to changing roles. Yeah, well, I think three players under pressure in that starting line. Steph Talbot's one of 13 over the two games and offensively just hasn't hit her straps and got into rhythm yet. But also the two bigs, Ezzy Magbagor and um, uh, Kayla George. Kayla, George. Uh, Kayla got going in that uh, Marley game, which was good to see. But both of those, I think, really need to step up and finish around the basket. Um, Case, we're going to have to go to a break, but definitely we'll keep you on the line and uh, talk about the rugby and a, a lot more after this next break, of course. The Bungie and Brett's the show brought to you by Laurenex Cleaning, supporting SANFL and community football in 2022. Google Laurenex today. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, it is. Uh, Thanks to our Adelaide Lightning girls, who are your South Australian women's basketball heroes. They'll be at it on the court soon enough. Of course, we're following the Opals at the moment. John Casey is on the line. Uh, He's in Parramatta, I believe, Bredster. Yes, Case, the um, feel and vibe around Parramatta must be huge at the moment with them making it through to the grand final against Penrith next week. Yeah, absolutely outstanding, Bredster. It's, uh, It's funny, we came back from the game just after the Eels had won and upset, of course, the Cowboys on Friday night. And there were people in the streets. It was like when Australia won the America's Cup <laughs> or, when you know, one of those big events, people hanging out at cars, flags waving, horns turning. I could hear fireworks going off a little further away from where our hotel is and stuff. Look, they are all over it here in Parramatta and full credit to them as well. It's been, you know, their first grand final since '09. Their last premiership was 1986. Wow. And it's just so exciting to be in and around it. And the people are buzzing just like you would in any grand final, whether it's AFL or NRL or Sample. When your team's involved, the streets are starting to emerge with colour. 
And this grand final is going to be spectacular because last night Penrith made it through to their third straight grand final, knocking out the Rabbit Hose in, in impressive fashion. So it's a battle of the West, Parramatta and Penrith, you know, in Western Sydney. So it's a bit like having a Carlton Collingwood grand final or a Sturt Norwood grand final where you've got neighbouring suburbs that are, you know, probably have a dislike for one another. I know Mark Sotis from on Channel 7 refers to the Sturt Norwood uh, as the Silver Spoon Cup. I don't know whether <laughs> I agree with that. They're his words, not mine, but it's got so many elements to it. And uh, it should be a cracking grand final. I'm really excited for Parramatta because, as I say, I haven't played for such a long time. Shout out to Mitchell Moses. Now, this is interesting. He missed the birth of his first child to play for Parramatta against the Cowboys. Now, I don't know if that sits well with all of our listeners, and I'd be interested to hear from our listeners what they think. And, of course, they can shoot us a text on 0427-154-166 and let us know their thoughts because uh, that would rub some people up the wrong way, but that's his commitment from Mitchell Moses, missing the birth not only of his child but his first child and that's what uh, the Eels have been able to do because they've come from nowhere to make this grand final and uh, they're right in the mix against the, the Panthers the, who are going to start hot favourites. I feel for him there. I know my first uh, born, we had uh, had Cheyenne. week later, uh, we left and, well, I left and went to Milan on a basketball tour with the Sixers for the World Basketball Cup and uh, that was uh, not taken that well by my wife, so I'm sure his wife may have a few things. Now, Kane Corns, he ran the 760 70-odd Ks from Adelaide to Melbourne case, raised $337,200. What a great effort. That is extraordinary, isn't it? Absolutely hats off to Kano. Look, he does some great things. And, you know, he has opinions that don't uh, everyone doesn't agree with, but no one can begrudge him those efforts. And I've even seen people on social media saying, you know, Kane, I'm not a big fan of yours, but for what you have done, that, or, you know, all kudos to you and credit to him. And it's an amazing job. I, I just can't believe that someone could do that physically. But then every time I saw him being interviewed when he was out on the road or even at the end, it was like nothing had happened. I mean, I'd be lying down for uh, six months if you had to travel that far. <laughs> but that is amazing. And it's full credit to him, you know. It just goes to show you the intestinal fortitude of the man. And that's why he was able to be such a competitive beast when he was playing football and so forth. I've got a huge amount of respect for what he's been able to do and such a worthy cause as well. Um, you know, it's just we can't be prouder of him at SEN, I know. That's true, Case. And sorry, I'm going to jump in here quickly, boys. I've got some audio from Kane. Actually, I caught up with him after the run. Uh, just a little bit of quick audio. We've got to go to news headlines as well. But uh, I asked Kane uh, what he was thinking whilst he was running. Ain't nothing going to break my stroke. Nothing going to slow me down. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently that was Kane's thoughts there. And I asked him why he decided to do the run in the first place. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. <laughs> so, oh, wow. some of Kane's best work, gentlemen, as we oh. head off to news headlines, here's the Bunchy and Brenston Show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brenston Show. It is the Bungie and Brenster Show here, SENSA 1629. Crystal clear on the app as well. If you haven't downloaded the app before, make sure you have a crack at that. It's very, very easy via the Play Store. 
if you've got an Android, or what is it if you've got one of those iPhones, Marzi? What, <laughs> what, what do you do there? Uh, yeah, Have you got an iPhone? Store. I've got an iPhone, yeah. Okay. An iPhone, uh, I'm nearly up with the times. I think I've got an iPhone 11, something like that. Text in 0427 154 uh, or you can call us as well for a chat to the boys at 1300 736 736. And this is the point of the show where I go back to doing what I should be doing because I believe we've got John still on the line. John, are you there, mate? I'm hanging in here and waiting to hear this story of Bungie being the thick of the AFL Grand Final as well. Yeah, well, let's hope we've got him. I'm going to... Uh, I think I've done this right, but I, I wanted to I wanted to dive on the grenade here for Brentster if we didn't get if I didn't get this right. It's my fault, folks, if we don't get this right. But let's have a go. See how we go here. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's gonna swoop? Andrew McLeod! Oh, bravo! You there, Bungie? I oh, certainly am, boys. All right, oh. my work here is done, gentlemen. The floor is yours. <laughs> Bungie, you're sounding a lot better than I expected. I actually expected uh, like a 12 o'clock husky voice from you. No, no, not at all. Oh. I uh, had, a, had a good day. Um, it was a long day. I started out down there at the uh, at the chairman's function and... Um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a cracking day. Beautiful weather over in Melbourne. Let me just tell you something, though, about the uh, the grand final and my time over here in Melbourne. Is that Melbourne is buzzing? It is back, and uh, after all the doom and gloom that's happened, and um, to see the grand final back in 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 Melbourne is just unbelievable, Brett. And, and case it's it's so it, the, the the city is a buzz. People are everywhere. Um, and just the vibe, um, and that vibe of grand final um, that's it's always been around. That um, has been it's it's been out of the city for a couple of years now. Is back, and uh, the, it was back in a big way. Robbie Williams was amazing. Um, his pre pre game entertainment was certainly first class, and I reckon he could give you a bit of a uh, he could certainly give um, Kane a bit of a run for his money. I heard him just singing on the on the uh, uh, just before the break, and uh, I'm pretty sure Robbie Williams might just have him covered. So insane um, that led brain. To... <laughs> insane in the brain. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon he might have just topped him, but uh, that I think that set up the day, boys, and it uh, it was a cracker. Well, Bungie, there's heaps to talk about the AFL. Let's let's jump into the AFLW first. We'll um, speak about the girls' games. Both are going to be playing later today. Uh, the Crows are going to be playing against GWS. What are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for for the Crows to be able to, um, you know, cement themselves and push up the ladder. Um, obviously, there's some results over the the. Uh, the Thursday and Friday that that um, sort of help them. The, the competition is is there, and imagine is, is there to be, um, I, I guess uh, you know to, to stamp your mark. And as you know, in this uh, in the AFLW, is um, winning form is not just good form, but it's it's the it's the best form to have because given that it's a short season, um, the amount of wins that you can you can bank up really early. Um, set yourself up, and so these, this game against GWS is um, is, is vitally important. And I was very impressed with the way that they they played last week. Um, you know, Ebony Marinoff was was sensational, and Hatchie um, uh, um, and Hatchard as well. Um, I just think that they've got to bring that that pressure that they brought some of the the, the girls um, 
you know, the Rochelle Martin's pressure that she was able to, to bring, um, and, and Hannah Button as well, their pressure around is going to be important. But I think there's a great opportunity here for them to um, to, to beat GWS um, and, and probably kick a, a pretty big score too. So, and, and that's what we've seen in the some of the games over the last few days. There's been some some big scores kicked. So, getting that percentage. Um, is, is vitally important, and um, yeah, I think that they'll be they'll be um, ready to go, um, and I'm, I'm, I reckon they'll they'll they should win this game quite comfortably. Well, GWS have de- definitely had some good form as well, so I think a lot of people are expecting this one to be close. Um, whereas the Port, uh, I think, are going to be up up against it in uh, in Gold Coast. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game as well? They've just come off the back of a very good win, their first win last week. Um, what are you thinking for that game? Yeah, well, that one's going to be um, interesting. Obviously, Gold Coast, um, they've um, yeah, they, they've struggled a bit as well, and I think that um, yeah, it's 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 well, like for, for Port, I think getting your, your first win at home is you know is just amazing, and to to beat Sydney, um, uh, you know, there was was uh, certainly filled them full of confidence, so. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they can, you know, transfer that to an away game. As you know, like going away is, is totally different, and um, to be able to, to go up there and to be, I think it's, you know, we've we've seen the development of their their um, uh, their style of play, and they they're a contested team. They they want to get in and and under, and you know, led by a couple of their um, young stars as well. Um, and older stars, Dowrick and, and Phillips, they were really good in, in the contest last week. Um, so I, I think they'll go up there full of confidence, um, and it's, it's probably going to be um, yeah. I'm a bit fifty-fifty on that one, Brett, because so, I reckon if they bring their they bring their pressure and, and their um, style of play, they'll be they'll be in in, in it to their eyeballs. But um, yeah, I think the Gold Coast at home they'll be they'll be ready for them and. Um, you know, they'll be wanting to, um, given that they've been in the competition for a number of years now, they'll want to make their mark and, and um, you know, put the the, the newcomers on, on the back foot early and hopefully, um, you know, that pressure will um, be able to, um, uh, you know, get them a score, that, a winning score at the end. Confidence is an amazing thing. Getting that first win on the board, I think, will give them uh, a fair bit to work from going up there in the Gold Coast. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about on the show. After the break, of course, we're going to unpack the AFL Grand Final. Bungie is over there amongst it at the moment. So really keen to get your thoughts, Bungie, after this break on uh, what's been going on over there. There's there's been a lot in the world of AFL going on this week. Um, of course, Bungie and Brester show is proudly brought to you by Nippies. Quench your thirst this summer with our Nippies iced flavoured milk or fresh juice. We've been in the studio drinking their orange and mango juice and apple juice this morning. It's glorious. Case uh, and Bungie. You I better leave you... some there for me. That's no, my no, no, favourite. No. <laughs> There's Sorry, apple... take it all. You might have a bit of apple juice left, Case, but that's about <laughs> it. Uh, uh, Brentster has destroyed about 17 of these uh, orange and mango juices. They're going all right. Um, just before we go to that break, and we do need to do it because uh, we've got plenty more to talk about, but uh, I haven't thrown Kane under the bus enough just yet, so I thought we might get his tips on who he thinks will win the AFLW clashes today, if that's right. First of all, Port Adelaide taking on Gold Coast. That's right, isn't it? Come on, power. 
So I think he's very <laughs> going for Port Adelaide there. And who are the Crows playing again today, boys? Uh, GWS. GWS. So Crows, GWS. Who do you like there, Kane? Here Crows. we go, here we go, Camry Crows. <laughs> oh, here wow. we go, here we go, Camry Crows. <laughs> it is the Bungie and Breadster show here on SENSA. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Yes, welcome back to the Bungie and Brettster Show, brought to you by Lauren X Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. And uh, Bungie, AFL, it's all the talk this week, of course. You're over in the thick of things. You were chairing the Norm Smith medal count. That uh, looked like it would have been a pretty easy decision. Isaac Smith, uh, probably a bit of a runaway there. Oh, yeah, look, I think, Brett, so you could have thrown a blanket over um, a, a few few blokes there and there's so many, um, so many good players uh, for the Geelong um and um yeah, I think the damage was done pretty early um in the game and uh, yeah, it was, you know, towards the end I guess the the, the you know, last quarter and a half there was a fair bit of um what we would say junk time or, you know, in terms of um making your stats look good or um yeah, uh, but I think that um if you look across the the, the game early, um, as we if we walk walk through it, I, I think that um you know, probably for the first, first and foremost for Sydney, I think the, the Sam Reid gamble didn't pay off. You know, bringing him in with that, um, with that adductor strain that he had. Um, he only got through half a game, and you know, they that was probably one thing that Geelong forced Sydney to do as well was to to kick down the line early, and um, they were just able to turn the ball over um, and, and through those contests and those. Um, I think those turnovers. There was like I think there was 76 turnovers um, that they forced them to have, and basically going to contests, um, and then they were able to turn them around, get numbers of the contests. And one thing I was really impressed was with Geelong was is their their small forwards um, like Close and Stengel um, and, and and the like, and they were able to get. Um, Right up the ground and help the the defenders bring the ball out, and they just they ran they ran in waves. It's, the most, it's the, probably the best pressure game I've seen all year from a side, um, and they did it on the biggest stage, Bresta. Um And you know to, to to win that grand final, you know eleven years in the making, eighty one points. I don't think uh, too many people would have saw that coming in Sydney, but um, they just they they certainly made um, Sydney. Um, they look like an, uh, an average side, and um, you know we know that they're not. So they'd be very disappointed in that Sydney. Um, um, but yeah, it was a crack. It was all about Geelong, all about Geelong, and what they brought to the game <laughs> yesterday. There was the pressure was amazing. Uh, they did make Sydney do a lot of things that you don't normally see from Sydney: kicking across the face of goal, turning it over, stuff like that. It is the fifth biggest loss in the history of AFL. Of course, that 117-point loss to Port Adelaide we don't need to talk about, but uh, Geelong just dominating all, all game. What about... Um, a lot's been said about the parade, and we talked about this happening for the Olympics coming up, but putting them on the boats going down the river, uh, what's the talk over there at the moment about that? Yeah, I think the talk is around the parade was it was a little bit of a miss. Um, 
and uh, but you know, I think it's you got to try stuff, and, and given the circumstances and you know the, uh, that we've found ourselves in, and um, with COVID, and um, you know the, that I think protecting the players that close to a game is important. So um, you know, sort of having them away like that, I think it's 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 a start. You know, and the one thing I do love about AFL is they're always um, looking at innovative ways to to do things and get better. Um, and yeah, I think you know it'll it'll it's going to take some time, and we're we're probably a little bit um, people. I heard there's a few people complaining about it, but I think we're and we're probably a bit traditionalist when it comes to you know the the old grand final parade that goes through the streets and people hanging out the windows and you know over. But I think yeah, it's nice to have a bit of a change, and um, maybe they'll they'll just jazz it up a bit more and add some other things. But like I said. Um, when you know in the lead up when we first came in about the uh, about you know the, the state of, of Victoria at the moment and how how buzzing it is, Brett. So I just I don't think you know I think we're just spoiled, um, and uh, it, it is it, it I don't think that little dampener of uh, how the parade went um, should reflect on on what what's happened over here in the grand final um, and, and how good it was. It was it was fantastic. So what about um, the future? Can yeah. I jump in here, guys? And just say, Bungie, about you talk about the parade, you know, that didn't really go quite well. I see SEN reporting this morning that the TV ratings were very low for the game. Um, you know, I guess lopsided didn't help, but they're saying now, is that the last day grand final? Is it time for a night grand final? We're going to have a night grand final here in Sydney where I am at the moment uh, next week. And, of course, it rates unbelievably well. Uh, maybe the day grand final uh, could be a thing of the past if the TV networks get their, get a decision on it. Well, given the, the 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 new investment case, definitely, I think it's uh, it would be certainly up for debate. And you know, even with the the Robbie Williams stuff and the and the uh, the entertainment, I think looks so much better. I've been to a couple of those NRL Grand Finals um, that are you know played sort of um, at night um, or, or they're played late in the afternoon, leading in so that that uh, twilight game and just the I think the atmosphere and what it's able to create, um, you know, visually with the lights, the light shows that you can do is is just um, it just takes it to another level. And even yesterday there was a lot of fireworks and and some lights and that. And there would, how I, I do, I do reckon, and I think that it would have looked so much better. I think everybody is probably in agreement that it looked better as a night game. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's certainly one that'll be on the on the cards and, and up for debate um, moving forward, and particularly if those numbers don't stack up, like you're saying, Case. Robbie, uh, Robbie and Delta, for me, were spectacular. They just lit it up, and um, we've, got a little, we've got a little clip here about that. Now, can you not sing along to that? What a cracker. Then he comes out with John Farnham Classic, which is a bit of a heart-wrencher.
don't know about you two, but a little sing-along in the studio here in Adelaide. Really good. I wasn't sure about the halftime in a time. I didn't really know who that was on the drums and the other acts, but that's when everyone goes to top up their drinks anyway. I thought they nailed that. Another tearjerker for me, Bungie, and I wanted to get the thoughts over there in Melbourne. Uh, Selwood taking out Levi Ablett before the game, I thought was such a great tribute to not only a legend of the game, but taking his son out. Was much said about that? Oh, I think you could just feel the um, the sentiment around the, the Oval Brester and um, certainly was a touching moment. Um, as, uh, yeah, I think Geelong, um, you know, they certainly do things, things really well. And, oh, yeah, look, I think we all know that, um, you know, Gary Ablett's name and his family are, you know, synonymous with uh, with Geelong and um, you know what they're able to do for for, for um, Gary and his family and you know, supporting them is is just wonderful and it's great to see that that the cats they tend to do that really well, um, you know and you can you can see that in the way that they they get around each other. Just on Selwood, I was just going to mention that um, obviously lots of talk around maybe that's his last game mm. as well um, and. Um, yeah, the uh, you could just sense the 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 emotion in the um, at the G in the stadium um, around that. Obviously, um, you know what he means to Geelong, um, going you know, four time. Um, he's a four time Premiership player now, um, and uh, to do that as captain, um, yeah, it's, I think it just cements his spot in the game in terms of you know being a um, uh, uh, you know, one of the greats. Um, but yeah, I think you, you could, there was a bit of a sense around, and I sat with um, Jonathan Brown um, um, as we uh, did the votes for the uh, for the Norm Smith, um, and we watched it, and we sort of both had a bit of a discussion about that at the time, thinking, is it? Um, could it be the the last time that we see him? It'd certainly be a, a fitting end for someone to 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 do that and. Um, in his calibre, but he was um, his legacy at Geelong, you know, and, and playing 40 finals, um, surpassing Michael Tuck's record um, of 39 to you know play 40 40 finals is just unbelievable. Um, and, and the club, that club, and what they've been able to do um, under Chris Scott is just just incredible. For me, you're a long time retired. He played some uh, great footy yesterday as well. He was. In, in my votes, he was, uh, as you said, they were all very, very good for Geelong, but he was good, and I think he's still got more in him. I saw an interview yesterday with him saying that he started off his career playing about 60%, then he went in, played the bulk of his career at 100, and he's back now to 60%, and from that, I gauge that he could probably go a little bit more, maybe another year out of the old legs. But um, we're going to unpack this a little bit more. We're going to have to go to the news now for a break and we'll get back to you two guys to talk more AFL Grand Final after this break. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Long, deep forward on the throw in. Hawkins got it clean, hooked it around, and the Tamalhead picks the first. It's one of his specialty moves on the boundary throw-in. Boundary throw-in, 40 out from the Geelong goal. Hawkins got it clean again, onto the boot. He's pulled the same trick twice. 
Smith, loose ball to be won. Back to Smith, the former Hawk fires away and he kicks to Long's fourth. Around to Selwood, found a way through. Isaac Smith out the front, he's kicked his second. Clear at centre half forward, Stengles his man and he'll take it out in the pocket. The All-Australian small forward skips him, lets fly, make great contact. Superb. It straight to Smith. Hand pass. Here it is. Selwood's onto it. Outside of the boot. Hangs it up. It floats. Oh, captain! My captain! Final moment is a boundary throw in. It is a premiership gloriously won. What a game. Welcome back to the Bungie and Breast the Show, brought to you by Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectible specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. We're joined by John Casey up in uh, Sydney and Bungie over in Melbourne. We're unpacking the AFL Grand Final and Dangerfield, what, uh, what a star. He's done everything now, Bungie, and this was the last thing he had to tick off his box. Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, quite fitting for, for Danger as well. You know, 303 games to play, you, you know, takes you, you probably would have thought he was never going to get to that uh, that elusive uh, grand final medal, but he certainly um, um, left his stamp on the game as well. And I, th- I thought he was fantastic, particularly early and helping, um, you know, he's just his contested work. I don't, there's not a better contested player in the game. Um, and he, he's, he certainly set the standard a long time ago and continues to do that. Um, and, you know, I think it was just, it was very fitting for, for danger. Um, you could, you know, obviously they were all up and about, but I think, you know, particularly early in the game when, um, it was it was it was there in the balance and, and needed to be won. Um, but he certainly willed himself into the contest time after time, and um, you know, was able to get it out to his um, to his teammates in better positions. And um, Bungie, will yeah, either of those two guys? Can I ask you? I don't know if you can share your votes on 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 the Norm Smith. Did Selwood? He had came off the bench, had twelve disposals in the first quarter. Dangerfield was great all day. Did you have either of those in your Norm Smith medal votes? Yeah, I had. Um, I you, had, had you had Smith, Dangerfield, and Blickavs, Bungie. Yeah, yeah, Blickavs was um, for me. Him and Stanley were probably, you know, they they gave um, some silver service to the to the Geelong boys all day. I thought Blickavs was was sensational. Obviously, Isaac Smith was um, just his work rate up and down the ground was everywhere. But I did have. Um, it's hard to do, case hard to to put everybody in the three, two, one. And um, certainly Selwood's early, same as, um, well, he was fantastic early having um, an, an impact coming off the bench, as, as you alluded to, Brest, as well. But I think the other one was um, Tom Hawkins, you know, and he, those those two goals that he kicked out of the ruck um, contest is just, they're, they're just like nuggets of gold and can, you know, sometimes it's like having kicking two goals. It just demoralises the the opposition when you're able to just throw him around. He did that twice, and he was on his way too as well. If he kicked straight, he probably would have been snuck into votes. Tyson Stengel was another one that could have snuck into the votes. And you know, um, as a small forward, um, doing what he did, and when that, um, I think that when that ball took a right hand uh, turn, um, and uh, it was reminiscent of um, just in in the front towards the front end of the Shane Warnstand, it turned like one of his. Um, uh, leg spins and hit the post 
um, they were going to five goals, and I reckon he would have might have, he might have snuck into the votes then for me as well. But um, yeah, it was like I said, you could you could have just thrown you you could throw in a a bit of a blanket over a number of players, but for mine, um, certainly Isaac Smith and his influence on the game um, was um, second to none. Well, four four out of the five uh, judges who voted had um, Smith as their number one pick. It was only Jonathan Brown that had Dangerfield ahead of him. Uh, Stengel certainly uh, voted pretty well amongst the judges. We've got a little clip here. Buse had a choice of three cats, and it's Tyson Stengel. A little stutter step. It's going to go 50 metres. Distance, not a problem. Got clear at centre half forward. Stengel's his man, and he'll take it out in the pocket. The All-Australian small forward skips him. Let's fly. Make great contact. Superb. Kick in, risky. Mills didn't mark it. Dangerfield came hammering through. Gathers the footy. Gives it to Stengel, who puts it through the sticks. He caresses it into the pocket, low down, and Stengel's going to put himself in the frame. The traumas of his private life put aside for the glory of this grand final. He's, he's a quaddy beauty! He's got four! He's a class act, Stengel, and Sydney didn't have too many highlights. Warner and Parker, for me, were probably two of their best. Um, Case, what's the vibe up in Sydney for the Swans? I mean, obviously making it, but the... It must be a bit of a letdown up there. Yeah, obviously disappointment here. But I think, you know, Sydney are always happy if they can make it to the grand final. And there certainly was great support here and plenty of knowledge and acknowledgement about them being in it, even though it is NRL prelim final week. So um, certainly the Swans have got a, a, a big fan base here. It's not like it was when they first came up here. And I was here when they first moved to Sydney. And, well, that was a completely different story. But I have to say, I, I do the voting, you know, on um, for the sample. Um, in the Jack Odie medal. And it is tough to go three, two and one. Um, lopsided makes it a little bit easier because you can pick from just the one team. But I know, Bungie, I feel for you. It is hard to sort of get all those people in there. But um, can I just say my two takeaways from the grand final, one, Sam Reid playing injured. Why teams continue to take in players who are who are injured is beyond me. That cost them dearly. And Geelong are the oldest team ever to win the grand... In fact, to win any game. Can we... Start showing a little bit of love for older players and maybe this will stop the idea of, you know, you need younger players in there. Old players get the job done. Older, I should say. There's no such thing as old. There's only older. Well, Bungie, is, and old, is, is, oh, older. Chris, is Chris Scott vindicated now for having that ageing list? I know he's been criticised over the last 10 years where they haven't been able to win one. Um, but now to come through with that ageing list, uh, is he vindicated? Oh, I think so. Um, yeah, look, and and if you looked at some of the big moments in the game, in the games, and they they certainly were full of older players. Case, um, and you know, that, I think if you look at the game, particularly when that heat was on, like I was talking about, the the heat of the game was on, um, and a lot of the the younger Sydney players, um, you could see the hesitation in in pulling the trigger on some of their kicks. Um, and just their ability to move the ball, um, and that was, yeah, that that pressure came from those older players, case um, putting it onto those those younger blokes. And um, but yeah, I, I I I think so, Brett. So you know, with what Scotty's been been able to do, um, and I just think that's 
um, you know, a, a probably a, a reflection of the the whole organisation down at Geelong and, and what they were able to do, you know, to, to have a like you play the package for Tyson Stengel as well, and you you just see the um, uh, the what they're able to do and bring people in um, and, and you know provide the support and the platform for them to perform um, at their best, and they've done it a number of times. You know, like Isaac Smith, come bringing him there as well from from Hawthorne, and um, the oldest uh, Norm Smith medalist. Um, you know, just 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 the way that they embrace people. Um, not too many people leave Geelong when they go there. So um, yeah, I, I think they've got a, a very good mix. And if you look across their coaches as well, they've got a lot of experience. Um, not just you know Scotty, but yeah, you look look across the the other coaches that they have um, and what they're able to do and support their players. They've got a lot of blokes there with a lot of experience and a lot of um, premiership winning experience as well. So that off, that often helps. Bungie, um, they're going to be doing a parade in Geelong on Tuesday. It's a big part of the celebrations. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, taking us back to when uh, we had the back-to-back premierships, that feeling of going through the parade with your fans? Oh, I think it's, you know, that's what it's all about, is being able to share um, share it with your, with your supporters and your fans. And, um, you know, because that's what, what footy clubs are about. They're about their people, first and foremost, their community. Um, and I think it's nice to be able to do that and to give back. And you know, you were part of that breast there and um, got to jump in our parade. You're not bad. We knew right that it was the, for you, right, but right on the coattails. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it is good. And I guess, you know, we were lucky, I guess, and blessed in Adelaide at the time with the, you know, the, the sporting teams that we had. Um, as well, but to share all of that, I think with Adelaide was certainly um, something that was very special, and I don't think you know you certainly a fond memory from for mine and, and and yours as well. Seeing you know a hundred thousand people on the streets, I'm sure the Geelong boys are going to get that same sort of vibe, and um, you know it's, it's great for the town, great for the people of Geelong, um, and yeah, it's, it's just great for footy to. Um, for Geelong to, to, to be back at the top after 11 years. It's great to get along and go to an actual grand final, be a part of that atmosphere. I was explaining it to a few people I had over at our place yesterday that hadn't been to one. Um, how exciting it is, even if your team loses. Unfortunately, the Crows lost well, when I went over and watched them in their last grand final appearance. You uh, were able to share that um, with Connor, I believe. Did Connor come over with you? How was that? No, we the whole family. Whole family, yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, we brought the whole family and um, went across, like you know, um, as guests of the AFL, which was fantastic to be able to experience that and um, yeah, just to to sit down and you know, obviously, uh, um, it was, it's the who's who of footy um, or everywhere where they had the prime minister and every premier was in the in the uh, in the luncheon. Um, you know, I got to sit with um, sitting sat next to Paddy Cripps um, at the lunch and just you know, have a chat to him and talk about his year and um, you know he's he's uh, he's he's still feeling um, you know he's still walking on on on, on a cloud nine 
um, really, because uh, he, he's still sinking in for him. He can't believe, I guess, the season that he's had coming off the week. And um, it was interesting to see, Brester, that um, you know we sat there and had a chat, and he said, I would give this Brownlow up in a heartbeat just to be out there um, and, you know, do what you've been able to do and, and play in a, in a grand final. Um, you know, and that's what it means to Blake. So he was there um, feeling a little bit... Um, yeah, I guess he you know, obviously there is being celebrated as a Brownland medalist, which is great. But you know, he's sitting there thinking, "Oh, what would I, what would I give to be out there and um, getting one of those other medals?" And so, yeah, it's it's an envious thing, um, but you know, it's one of those things you work so hard for. And you know, sometimes, like I said, with danger, it's taking 303 games to get there to actually win a win a premiership. And some blokes, um, you know, don't get that opportunity. The greats of the game. Um, Bobby Skilton, three Brownlow medals, never played in a grand final. Robert Harvey, you know, back-to-back Brownlows and um, fell short. Um, so, you know, those opportunities don't come all that often. So, yeah, it's one for Geelong to celebrate, and I'm sure they'll be celebrating long and hard. Well, guys, we're going to have to go to our last break before we have our final stanza on the show today. Of course, Brungie and Brett's the show brought to you by Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles at the Parade Norwood. If you need trading cards, you might be able to find the Brett Maher, that one there. If you're lucky, I'm sure they've got it. 73 but, uh, cents these days. <laughs> but head on down and uh, visit the boys out at the Parade at Mayhem Collectibles, and we'll be right back after this break. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Welcome back to the Bungie and Brettster Show, brought to you by Nippies, farm-grown, family-made. And I tell you what, this orange and mango is going down a treat in the studio. Um, Bungie, I've got many, a question. How many you had? Oh, I'm up to about five. And, Come on. Uh, and going <laughs> going strong. Uh, Bungie, I wanted to ask how, uh, I mean, Isaac Smith got the Norm Smith medal. You're on the panel. He equaled you on two. Were you able to sneak yourself into the vote somehow? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw, know if you saw that uh, little uh, release that came from the AFL. Uh, but, uh, yeah, shout out to Paddy Keane. I think uh, he might have just misinterpreted one of my... Uh, my votes there, and he, he gave I was pretty good in the grandstand. I actually voted, <laughs> got one vote for myself, so um, I thought I was uh, I was cheery. I was the best um, the, the best cheerer in the crowd. No, I don't know how that that worked. It's obviously a, a bit of a typo there, but um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I just seem to get votes in the norm. You're delivering all over the place, mate. Delivering the frothy slices out. <laughs> Perfect stuff. And I don't know if you guys saw Delta Goodrum uh, hit the. Hit the lead man, laces out at the press conference. But I've got a question for both of you. I brought this up on socials through the week about the brown line. I'm glad you spoke to uh, Cripsy over there at Bungie. But uh, that that is selected by all referees or umpires, whatever you want to call them, Bungie. (laughs) Um, I I have a bit of a problem with that myself. I think there's going to be bias in whoever you pick. But my, my viewpoint is that we spread it out. Have someone from the media, have coach, have... Uh, umpires and have a, a spread board picking it rather than just umpires? What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I think yeah, that's 
probably what you're seeing with the 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 Norm Smith voting yesterday as well is that they're they're changing at that a little bit as well. So getting a bit of a balance of media, um, some, you know, journalism um, and and obviously past players that um, that are voting on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not too sure, Brett. So that's obviously one that's up for debate um, around that. But you know. I think that the traditionalists will say keep it as the um, uh, keep it at uh, the umpires or the refs voting. And uh, but yeah, I just think that I, I think about it as a player when you played, like often hard to come off the ground and actually know what's going on half the time. You, you're so con- you know you're concentrating on your your own performance and what you're doing, and particularly umpires, there's a lot of pressure on these days. So maybe that's a, a thing. You know, taking it at the umpire and another pressure, um, something, another, another bit of pressure that that they don't need. And um, you know, I'm sure there's some some great people in the crowd, like they do. I guess you know, have the all Australian, um, you have the all Australian selectors all over the um, all over the country watching games, and they could have specialist um, Brownlow. Uh, panels that go out and you know give their three two ones. That's it's probably something that certainly would be up for debate. I'd say. What do you reckon, Case? No, I don't. I don't think you can change it. I think the history stays with the Brownlow. We now have the coaches award, and we now have also you know the voting on the players association. So I think that covers it. Just want to give a quick shout out to the West Adelaide team who won the Women's Premier League last night against Adelaide City 1-0. Rachel Quigley got the goal. Been great to be part of the show. Hear the music in the background. I'll see you all in the studio next week. Look forward to it, Case. Thanks, everybody. The Bungie and Brest the Show will be back next week. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.